Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Flerjancic on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. And you might notice that's, that's a little Indiana Jones, little Raiders of the Lost Ark. Browns playing the Raiders, Matt. See what I did there? That's that's the best I can come up with, man. Yeah. That's the best I could do. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Yeah, that was pretty good effort, though. Right? I'll give you the props on that one. That was pretty good. I couldn't think of anything else Raiders. I was thinking maybe like Pirates, but I'm like, ah, eh, it's sort of more Buccaneer. I don't know. So I thought Raiders had lost her. And it kind of works out as well because, of course, in the Indiana Jones franchise, Sir Sean Connery sadly passing away on Saturday at the age of 90. So a little tip of the cap to the best in the biz there with Sean Connery. Just uh, obvious, absolute legend with the James Bond with uh, Hunt for Red October, it was Indiana Jones. Like he, he just did so much. Even the uh, the Rock, he was great in. That was a great movie back in the day. Yeah, just a, fant- a fantastic talent. Uh, World lost another good one this year. Oh boy, yeah, Academy Award winner. So, uh, uh, R.I.P. Sir Sean Connery. Now let's get to Browns versus Raiders, Matt, and the Browns in. A very special spot for this fan base, for the franchise, one that we haven't been in in forever, and that's if you get a win, you're six and two going into the bye week. You are six and two, Matt. If we win, we get to look at as Browns fans six and two for two weeks and feel good about it. It's at home now. You're right, obviously in the heart of Cleveland. Um, the weather not supposed to be so good on Sunday, right? No, rain, snow mix. It's not going to be pleasant. Now, this is interesting to me because looking at the, for the game, these two teams have a lot of similarities. Both offenses can score in bunches. Both defenses give up a lot of points. The difference is the Raiders can't get to the quarterback and only have three interceptions. The Browns are leaders in takeaways, and Miles Garrett is the NFL top dog in sacks. So Cleveland has the advantage there, but both offenses can score. I wonder, Matt, with both defenses being giving up as many points and yards as they do, how this is going to play out, if it's going to be more run-focused, if we're still going to see the guy slinging it, it, it uh, the weather is going to have a big part in this, I think. No question about it. It ha- You have to account for the fact that it's going to be a potential, potentially be a mess uh, on Sunday. And I, I think that kind of lends itself to Josh Jacobs and Kareem Hunt being very, very key components of their respective offenses uh, tomorrow. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of a run-heavy game if the weather is as bad as as they say it is because you don't want to try and sling it into a a windstorm or sleet or any kind of conditions like that. That would be the short passing game that would really be effective. Yeah, well, and that's the other part of it too. Like you brought the wind factor like and coming off of Lake Erie we know that that can change on a dime right like that can that can shift and swirl and go all over the place so uh it's it's not just the yeah the rain and the snow mix and how is the wind like it um and when you think of the short game Austin Hooper out again uh from the appendectomy from uh, a week ago Friday so you have Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, who combined for three touchdowns last week Kareem Hunt as you said no OBJ obviously um, I, I guess we should be expecting, yeah, just a, a lot of shorter type of passes, but the defense knows that Matt. So I'm really fascinated to see how that goes from both sides. You know, if we start seeing a real crowded line of scrimmage. Oh, I think you will. Absolutely. 
Um, because the, from the Raiders' perspective, they've seen what Kareem Hunt's been able to do against stout run defenses, which yeah. is more so his effectiveness in catching the ball out of the backfield. He hasn't found his footing yet carrying the rock um, as a feature back yet, but I think he'll get to that point eventually um, if Nick is going to be out for a, a few more weeks. But this is definitely the kind of week that if the Raiders don't stack the box, Kareem Hunt could put up some numbers. Absolutely. And speaking of Nick Chubb, there's uh, talk really this after the bye week is going to be the test because he could return versus the Texans, possibly the Eagles. So um, I think with how the team, especially if you go six and two, you're going to have a bit of a, a luxury of being able to wait and make sure that Nick Chubb is 100%. But now, Matt, without Odell Beckham Jr., how is this passing game going to look? I think that's another interesting underlying point for the Browns. Okay, is it going to be spread it around like we saw Baker doing his rookie year? And for most of last week, after OBJ was out, Rashard Higgins is in. Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to get more looks. Uh, you got Landry, of course, and the tight ends and the, the running backs. I'm interested to see how the ball distribution goes and the play calling options that Kevin Stefanski decides to go with. I think that's that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know Baker um, kind of dispelled the the myth that the Browns are better without Odell, and Jarvis did the same thing. And and to a man, everybody who addressed that topic said the same thing. But I'm not convinced. If Baker comes out and he's he's having a good day, I think that tells you something. Mm. And I'm not saying it's necessarily Odell's fault. Um, that the offense was trying to run through him. I think you run through your best players, but when you don't have to force it to someone and can just go to the open man, I think you're going to benefit from it. And I think Baker will benefit from the the freeing nature of not having to rely solely on getting the ball to one guy and he can spread it around to whoever. I mean, Richard Higgins had his first 100-yard game. Harrison Bryant caught two touchdown passes. And Joku, who couldn't catch a cold on a frozen lake in January, made a ridiculously impressive catch. You know, all these – for a touchdown. All these guys really stepped up only after Odell went down. And I think part of that falls on them that with Higgins – he's given a, a larger role and more responsibility. So he's going to try and take advantage of it. And with the other guys, they know there's a chance that they're going to get the ball now and they're going to work their tails off. Exactly. And yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones, what, what an impressive coming out party for him. I knew I was missing somebody. Yeah. Sorry no, about no, that. no, no, no. Well, it, <laughs> I knew. It, it's another mix, right? Like, like how does he work in? And with the weather elements, how does that all play together? Now, Matt, you got up as well on your blog, and you can get that at WordPress.com and uh, on Twitter at Matt Flerjancic. Um, Tell me a little bit about this, the article that's up. Uh, Miles Garrett put time away to good use. Learning how to better force fumbles for the Cleveland Browns is the title. And we know the strip sacks, the fumbles. He's just been a completely dominant force. Um, tell us a little bit about that, that, how Miles Garrett sort of shifted his game or a little bit of focus to be a true game wrecker. So Miles was always good at getting to the quarterback and collapsing pockets, and he would occasionally poke the ball loose. Uh, he had generated six fumbles um, during his first three years. Well, he's already generated four this year, and he credits the fact that he had time to study and, and work on his craft 
and, and really just kind of improve the mental side of this game for trying to get the ball out. And it started with the realization that the more turnovers you force, the better your chances of winning are. Mm. And that's where he really put his focus was trying to impact the game even more than just getting sacks. Like he understands sacks are important, but he also looks at it from another perspective and says, Hey, if I poke the ball out and we set the offense up on a short field or I score with, or we score as a defense, we're helping our team get a better chance of winning. And it's a completely new mindset for miles. He's really finding out ways to become an even more impactful player which should keep every offensive coordinator that he's going to face up at night. Well, and, hey, props to Miles, Defensive Player of the Month for October. Six straight games with a sack. Just an absolute terror. And like we talked about last week, the hope is, I think, off-season homework for Andrew Barry is get him another guy on the other side. Because Olivier Vernon is, is a ghost. Like, I, I don't know with how much attention is spent, to, spent on Miles Garrett how he does not have a sack or has not made an impact of any way. He just seems like he's hit that career wall at 29 and that he's kind of done, man. Like I know he's going to be gone after this year, but boy, in a contract year, players usually try to play up and it looks like he might be kind of done. Like you just don't notice trending him. downward. You don't yeah. notice him. Yeah. You would think with double teams, chips and extra blockers coming at miles that somebody up front would step up. You'd think. But he's largely been it. Like, Sheldon Richardson had a couple of good games, mm-hmm. but nothing consistent that makes you say, okay, they're 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 going to be fine as a D-line. No, that's the exact opposite. Like, the exact opposite is happening. We're not making the plays that we should as a team. And that's, that's very concerning because eventually people are going to find enough bodies to go – neutralize miles if nobody else is making plays they don't have to worry about it until they start making those plays and yeah exactly and when we look at the raiders on the deep on their defensive side they've allowed the second most points to opponents in the nfl averaging 32.8 so like i said the defense not a lot of pressure not a lot of impact they give up the second most points the the issue is going to be okay can the Browns, one, take advantage of that like many teams have? And two, Matt, like which Raiders team do you get? Like this is a team that beat the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and then last week got absolutely decimated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like they're a little Jekyll and Hyde and they're three and three. Yeah, they have all the potential in the world to be a great team, but they haven't put it together consistently yet. And until they do that, they're going to keep riding this wave of Jekyll and Hyde and where down. they play great one week and they play like, you know what, the next. Well, and the last time they met, remember, was in Baker's rookie year. It was in Oakland. It was that wild shootout, and the Raiders won it 45-42. Was that the one, Matt? Did that, was that overtime where the kicker made that, like, huge kick and there was the gif of, like, Baker just, like, with his hand over his, uh, over his forehead to block the sun going, like, what? Was that the one? It was, like, a really... Yeah, that was the yeah. The Raiders uh, didn't have a particularly great day. I think they missed the kick. Yeah, near the end of regulation, and then he kicked it off the ba- the dirt of the baseball field and, and made it That's to win right. the game. That was the game that Chubb got three carries and still ran for over a hundred yards, right. where he popped the the forty yard touchdown and the sixty yard touchdown. 
And that was really the, the game where everybody was looking like, hey, Todd Haley, why can't you find a way to get this guy the ball? Yeah, right. <laughs> Turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, and and for the Browns, yeah, he, you know he's he's pretty he's okay. He's a pretty you know he's an okay ball carrier. <laughs> and, and just the only the second best in the league. Well, yeah, exactly. And just the confidence going into this game from Baker Mayfield. We've seen in the past, Matt, and I want to see how Kevin Stefanski really motivates the team, keeps them focused with the bye week coming up after this. And also, we've seen in Baker Mayfield's career, and really the whole team, you have a big win. There is a letdown. They get full of themselves quickly in the past. I hope that's not the case. This is, again, a test for Kevin Stefanski of how do you keep this team focused where you have guys who get, you know, read their own headlines, as they say. Yeah, you you have to find a way to keep them focused. That's the job of a head coach. You make sure that they put in the work, that they're willing to put in the work and that they don't believe that they're hot, you know what. Yeah, because if you you think that you're going to end up looking like hot garbage, mm-hmm. we've seen enough of that. I want six and two, man. I want six. Oh yes, and we have. Two. Oh, two weeks at six and two. Oh could man. Could you? Could you? I, I mean, think think about think about it this way. Last week or last year, they were two and six, coming off of a loss to the freaking Denver Broncos oh. on their like eighth string quarterback. Yeah, and. Gross just looked overmatched. That was actually the day, funny story, that I wrote the Keddie, uh, Freddie Kitchens was fired story because I didn't think he was going to make it through that week. Huh. You were um, already And I just kept updating it week after week after week after week for six or for eight weeks, two months. I, I updated that story at once a week. And I'm glad that I don't have to worry about that right now. And I would much... I, w- I would think it'd be a huge feather in Stefanski's cap to essentially take the same talent, maybe even a little less because the secondary is so damn beat up, mm. and find a way to flip that and go 6-2 and two in his first eight games. That would be unbelievable. Well, Matt, think about the Paul D. Podesta clout, extra clout that he would have with the Haslams if you do that. And he can say, or not say, to the Haslams, Hey, look! This is the guy I wanted to begin with, and look and look at this. Like his his stock within the company has to be quite high. Like like they they got to be because we talked about it before. Deep Podesta would suggest stuff, and nobody took his opinion or whatever. Right? They'd always go in the opposite direction. And now that they finally did, it's working out the way it is. Uh, I I would think the Haslams are probably listening to old Polly Boy a little bit from uh, wherever he is, La Jolla, California, or San Diego, wherever the hell he's at. Yeah, um, still not great on that idea, but the team is winning. So I guess until that changes, then I can just keep my opinion to myself. But um, <laughs> hey, we and, and, we don't care how look, it gets done. Just win. We we don't care how it gets done. Who gets the credit? Whatever. Just win ball games, and I'm happy. The the Haslam's have had so many incarnations of coaches. I believe this is their fifth full-time head coach in the, what, eight years they've owned the team. So I guess I got to give them a little bit of credit that they appear to be on the right track finally. But when you have that many chances at the dartboard, you better hit the bullseye at least freaking once, right? At some point. Exactly. Like the, the law of averages is, 
is like astronomical against you missing all the time. All those, right. Although I will say this, uh, when the whole teardown started before 2016, the theory was get as many darts to throw at the dartboard that you can. Somebody should have asked if people knew how to play darts before they ah. gave them the damn thing to throw at the board. <laughs> that's that's actually and it wouldn't have good. taken the, and maybe it good. wouldn't have taken as long to get to this point. That's not bad. But we're here, so that's, that's what we're bad. focused on. <laughs> that's pretty good, buddy. I like that one. Okay, let's get our predictions in here. Browns two and a half point favorites at home, so essentially a pick 'em. Over under set at forty nine. Started the week at fifty. So let's do a little bit of both here, Matt. Let's do straight up winner spread and over under Raiders Browns. Um, who do you got straight up winner? Browns. There you go. And, and you know what? At two and a half, you're covering the spread. Who's winning by two points, right? Well, well, maybe. Yeah. I'll give them credit. <laughs> I think they covered the spread too. Okay. I'll give, I'll give them that. I'll give them the love. They're, they're going to win. They're going to cover the spread and they're going to send us into the bye week much happier than we've been pretty much at any bye weeks since, since I when? can remember doing this show. Well, yeah, forever. The whole tenure of this show, probably since 2007, happiest going into the bye. Yeah. Right? That's probably it. I would... Maybe 2014, but that's about it. Yeah. Those two years would be the only ones that I could think. That'd be about it. And what about the over-under at 49 for point total? With the weather, you think over under? I'd take the under because of the weather. If this was played in a dome, I'd take the over oh, for yeah. sure. But because it's going to be played in the snow and the rain potentially and the wind, I think it's under. Okay. And what's your uh, final score prediction? I'm going to say 21-17 Browns. Ooh, 21-17. Okay. I'll take under as well because of the weather. But, yeah, this was perfect. I, I think these guys hit 60. Uh, Browns straight up win. Browns to cover. Give me the score. I'm going to say give me 24-19 Cleveland Browns. Let's go. Into the bye at 6-2, and, and we're feeling good. I dig it. And Miles Garrett that sounds just like a plan to me. Runs wild. Let's get another sack or two or three or four. Miles Garrett. Let's go. That guy's super jacked, man. He's he's pumped. Uh after being October player of the month. All right, buddy. Very good. You'll have all your stuff. Check out your uh, uh plug the blog where people can find it. MattFlurgen652.wordpress.com. You can find it on my Twitter. I tweet all my links. And I just created a new professional Facebook page. The Best Seat in the House Sports blog is the title of the Facebook page. So go give me a like, and you'll get all the Browns information that you need. I didn't think I knew that. I'm going to go give it a like right now on Facebook. All right, there you go. Good stuff, buddy. Okay, enjoy the game. Apparently missed the invite two days ago. Oh, I probably (laughs) missed it. Okay, I'll take a look. All right, dude. Uh, Enjoy (laughs) the game. Stay dry. And uh, we'll talk to you, hopefully, for a victory Monday. Sounds good, man. Take uh, care. All right, there he is. That's Matt Florjancic. Get him on Twitter at Matt Florjancic. Myself at AndyMC81. You got any fantasy football questions, you can pop them there too. And you've been listening to The Dog House, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature.